welcome to episode 142 of the Customer Support Leaders podcast. I'm Charlotte Ward. This week, we're talking about diversity and inclusion, so stay tuned for five leaders talking about that very topic. I'd like to welcome back to the podcast today, Antonio King Tones to his friends, of which I would like to count myself one. Uh, Tones, thank you so much for coming back. Thanks for having me back. It's always a pleasure being here with you. Thank you so much. Um, So this week, uh, we're talking about diversity and inclusion. Right before I hit record, we got talking about this topic a little bit, and you used the TLA, D, E, and I. And um, maybe maybe we could begin there because you educated me a little bit right before we came on air about what E means. It was what the E in D, E, and I means. Um, So maybe we can start there and you can explain that. And then because I've already learned something before we hit record and I'm sure I'm (laughs) over the next 10 or 15 minutes kind of learn a whole lot more. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Well, I think, you know, well, first off, I thank you for, for bringing me on the topic conversation of, of DE&I. It's something I think a lot of us here in the U.S. are seeing much more prevalent nowadays than, than we would have ever hoped. But, you know, hopefully this drives some opportunity for change. But, yeah, to kind of answer your question, you know, I said we'll definitely want to include the E um, in the abbreviation DNI, um, D standing for diversity, E standing for equity, um, and I standing for inclusion. And I think a lot of us kind of more commonly think of D&I because they're typically at the forefront, which in contrast is ironic considering the E in equity stands for, you know, equal opportunity um, in the realm of a lot of things that we might not see as often for that exact reason. So a good example of equity uh, is probably one that's that's um, would be the gender pay gap uh, between male, female, um, Employees, so that's a really good example um, of how equity needs to be included. In that entire um, umbrella of of changing the workforce as it concerns people for the better. So yeah, DEI is is a good way to think about it. Yeah, that's great. Uh, you put it so well as well, and I think that um, what I'd really like to explore with you is is, is maybe even thinking about those each individually. Um, you gave a really good example there of the the gender pay gap when it comes to mm-hmm. equity. Uh, but you use that opportunity word, and I think actually maybe, again, I don't want to kind of presume too much at all in any of these conversations this week, but mm. it feels to me like the D and I bits of D, E, and I are kind of the contributory factors to that that mm. middle E, to that equity, to that yep. to that opportunity, right? So, so I guess I'm kind of interested in um, your experiences, your thoughts, maybe what you're doing professionally or have seen professionally in, in any, any of those supporting areas um, and, yeah. like, and, and where you've seen it take, take the, the, the prof- your professional life or, or the, the organization that you've been in. Yeah, so it's it's interesting, you know, being being a black male, I, I grew up with a single uh, single parent household, granted raised by a ton of people in my immediate family that I loved near and dear. Uh, but I remember my mom telling me when I was much younger, <clears throat> she's like, you know, you have two strikes automatically against you. Number one, you're male. Number two, you're black. So don't put you know, don't kind of build that third strike against yourself before you even get an opportunity to get out of the gate. And that's something that, you know, has always kind of been in the back of my mind. Um, but I think as as the U.S. in specific has kind of come under turmoil in so many different areas, um, that's something that's kind of catapulted itself to the front of, of kind of where my mind is. Um, and, you know, I, 
it's interesting kind of being in, in my position or any other person of color, not even just a person of color, but, you know, um, women as well in the, in the workforce going through very challenging oppositions and areas that they really shouldn't have to. Um, it's clear that there's a ton of work still to be done in a lot of areas. Um, and I think a lot of what's kind of come out of the, of the woodwork here in the U.S. recently has really shown that we still have a lot of way to go. You know, diversity, I think the common thing with, with diversity is that it's often kind of secluded, at least I think in most folks' mind, to really just mean race. And that's not entirely what diversity means. While, yes, there, you know, race is a component of it, but there's other areas involved as well, such as, you know, uh, gender, uh, ethnicity, sexual orientation, disability, religion, all of that's kind of added into the the realm of the definition of diversity um, and inclusion is the fact that you can make those folks or people of different backgrounds, different ethnicities, religions kind of feel welcome regardless of their affiliation of religion, regardless of their race, regardless of the things that they can't necessarily control um, to kind of help make sure that we're, especially as we talk about the workplace, continue to build along the model of what's, what's what people want to be a part of and, and are comfortable being a part of. So, you know, I, I, I've probably had more opportunity to, aside from living some things, I've probably had more opportunity to really put more opportunities in practice as a concerned career-wise. Having spent maybe four years in, in the HR world as an HR leader for one of my last organizations, so I got an opportunity to really kind of help um, pilot some things, as well as my current employer and kind of helping uh, draft along some opportunities for us to put, you know, the vision of DEI into the traction mode and, and really drive some things um, from fruition from that per, that point of view, which includes things like how do we hold our recruiters more accountable for bringing in candidates from different backgrounds, right? Do we give them a measure of accountability that they have to report on when they're recruiting pools or, or what, what does a benefit package look like for um, people of color that's different than, you know, white Americans, right? Because so, not everything is, is the same for every person, right? Different people in different classes, socioeconomic classes are all going through different things um, as it concerns what's, what's happening in our lives. So you see the traditional way of companies just going, well, here's the blanket benefit package that should be working for most, whereas that's not necessarily the case for a single mom of, you know, uh, of color versus, you know, uh, the opposite of that. So um, there's a lot of opportunity, I think, for companies to, to really kind of uh, double down in a lot of their efforts in DE&I um, and really not just talk about it because that's what's happening now, but make it a continual cycle of conversation um, so that it does permeate throughout the organization out of, out of habit and kind of fold itself into what the company is known to be, not just because of the current climate, though the current climate absolutely is helping drive those conversations. It's going to be, if that climate kind of goes back to any sense of normalcy, are those conversations going to continue? And the hope is always yes. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. It's a, there's a lot about transparency and not just giving it lip service, isn't there? And, and mm-hmm. how this, how this plays forward over the next months to years and beyond even is going to be very interesting to see what 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 do you think um has have been the highlights for you that you've seen particularly in that hr role or with partner hero right now um that that you've seen kind of give traction as you described it Mm -hmm. give Mm -hmm. give uh you know benefits transparency yeah. Le- learning opportunities, opportunities, full stop. What yeah. What are some of the things that you've seen in, in you know in recent years that you hope will kind of propel this in, in future yeah. years? So I've said it from I've said it for a while. I know I'm not the only person that's said it, but leadership uh, from the top 
really stirs behaviors. Whether they're good behaviors or bad behaviors depends on what leadership is doing. Um, but all leadership has their their big drivers and and behavioral changes in organizations as we kind of focus in on uh, the, the career world. So having you know I, more and more again, it's unfortunate that it's come up in the past four years, but you know it's. It's been something where I think we've seen a lot of organizations tank for, take firm stances on what should be up for debate versus what should not be up for debate as it concerns human lives, as it concerns human lives of different backgrounds and, and different you know, uh, genders and all those sorts of areas that we should never really need to debate what's right or what's wrong. Uh, but we still find ourselves doing that as a country. And I think we've seen more and more opposition in a good way from organizational leaders who are like, no, we shouldn't be fighting a conversation on whether or not, you know, certain lives matters over whatever kind of the cadence of the messaging is. Um, This should be a basic need for everybody, but it's clear that's not the case. and it's not what's happening. Um, So I think as long as we start to see that leadership continue to flourish with those opportunities and help instill those behavioral changes that, that will help continue to muster a lot of these things along. But I think what's, what's even more telling is you have a lot of employees, employees who, welcome the change and want to know how to be a part of the change for the good. Um, so companies are starting to partner here. Or we're, we're exploring a DE&I tool um, to kind of kind of help continue to drive those conversations and drive the uh, positions of learning opportunities that maybe some folks might not be aware of um, or just help continue to have that conversation over time. So we're looking at a tool to help us assess that over the entire 850 person organization to help continue to drive forward the conversation, right, of mm. DE&I um, to kind of help permeate that throughout the rest of the organization. So I think, you know, with more tools coming into play um, and, and really with the, the pivotal piece being leadership and behavioral changes and modeling the right behavior changes, we'll continue to see a lot of those things move forward along the way. Yeah, yeah. I, I think one thing that I've experienced this year is a great deal of discomfort in these conversations. And I think that um, personally, I have one of the reasons that this week is being broadcast so late in the year <laughs> for, for, for me on this podcast is just that level of discomfort, that kind of concern about Um, about doing things right, about having the right conversations, about, you know, when to have them, how to have them, how to get them going. How hung up should we be on that, do you think? That's a really good question. Um, It's kind of, it reminds me of the cliche quote, um, in order to get comfortable, you have to be comfortable, uncomfortable. Um, And, you know, the topic of DNI has always kind of been taboo. Um, you know, and I can only really speak from the from the realm of the U.S. I don't really have much experience outside of the country um, in the realms of, of DNI, but I can only speak from within our, our borders here. That you know, it's it's always been a taboo subject, at least here in the states, um, to where there's this this notion of you know, if I don't bring up this topic, then that's that couldn't be me being seen as complicit to the wrong things, or as that's not necessarily the way I think it's it should be viewed. I think you know having those conversations are a critical key to, to changing some of the behavioral changes that need to happen so that this does not become a taboo conversation. Um, you know, race is very similar. Um, I think things have progressed uh, in the position of race stance here in the U.S., but I, I would be remiss if I said it progressed at the speed of which I thought was necessary, right? I think a mm. lot of people from different backgrounds will tell you the same sentiment, argue, some might disagree, and that's okay, too. Um, 
but the conversations have to be cyclical. Conversations have to happen. The more you get used to having conversations around the areas of uncomfortableness, the more it becomes comfortable to have, right? And, and that's kind of a key piece to, to piloting a lot of the changes that need to happen is having conversations. So my, my, my point of advice there would be, you know, yeah, I, it would be, um, it, it would be a challenge for me to tell you, you're never going to feel uncomfortable at some point you won't feel uncomfortable, but the journey to get to that point is to just have that conversation mm-hmm. over and over again. So it does become second nature. And ideally we get to a point in the future to where no one has to have the conversation because everyone's already doing it right until we get to that point we need those uh evangelists to have those conversations on our behalf in different areas around the country so that we can kind of continue that 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 pyramid flood of information one person talks to three person those three people talk to three other people and it just kind of continues to fold out that way that's what needs to happen to help um manage that conversation so that it is a normal talking point so that everybody can feel like they're contribute to the same common goal versus those who just feel comfortable doing it. Mm-hmm. And you talked there um, briefly about having these conversations in all different areas. And for, for me, I think that's something I'm kind of, if I'm getting any level of comfort with these conversations, I think you're right. It is becoming ever so slightly more comfortable every time I have a conversation like this. Um, I think those areas that we talk about, that you talked about exploring aren't just like it's not just geographic is it it's in different mm. forums it's in different parts of your life with different people at every level mm-hmm. absolutely yeah it's and that's that's kind of the dni is applicable to everyone and everywhere um it's not just focused in the south in the u.s it's not just focused uh in in countries that are kind of suffering through extreme measures mm. or extreme experiences of poverty it's yeah those are those are probably the focal points because that's what you that's what you hear often mm. but just because it's not heard elsewhere doesn't mean it's not happening elsewhere um so it should be kind of construed as if it's it's a it's a it's a worldwide um opportunity to learn and, and do better and implement measures um that don't just focus on one specific area because i guarantee you there's people all over the world who go through very similar challenges mm. even though they might not be on cnn's news top story tonight they're still going through similar things too mm. yeah it's a conversation that belongs not just on the news it belongs on this podcast it belongs mm-hmm. in the diversity initiatives group at work it belongs mm-hmm. with my children it belongs mm-hmm. to everyone mm-hmm. right yeah, absolutely. Especially children, you know, those are, they're the most volatile in age group, um, the most malleable in mindset, the most malleable in impressions. Um, that's where it all starts, right? It starts with, with children at very young ages um, because children are products of their environment. They're products of their environment. They're products of their parents. They're products of their families, their friends. Um, so the more they get exposed to what the world is actually like versus just this bubble of seclusiveness, um, the more they'll be able to adapt to what actually happens and the more they can contribute um, to continue to make positive change along the way. That's it for today. Go to customersupportleaders.com forward slash 142 for the show notes and I'll see you next time.